It's showtime! Hello, everybody. Welcome. Oh, <laughs> oh how cute. Well, Look that at that. threw me off guard. It's showtime. <laughs> Tuesday night on What's the Buzz? And we got, cuz, let me tell you something here. Uh-huh. We got Mary Murphy herself. Murphy's Law. Whatever can go wrong, going <laughs> on this fucking show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that puppy. Look at this. Oh, shit. look at him. Her. <laughs> before we get to Mary Murphy, before we do that, because we're going to be with Mary a long time tonight. Mm-hmm. Amelia, the yes. Pitbull Chapman. How are you, baby? Uh, good. Chapman. How are you? I'm smoking. Look at me. I'm smoking. I'm hot. Right? I'm on fire. Me too. I see the steam coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. I got something coming up for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Lord, this uh, young lady is an amazing. Well, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the the woman as our guest tonight. Mary Murphy is a national and international ballroom dance champion, accredited dance judge, and former judge and choreographer on the Fox Dance Competition reality show. So you think you can dance? Mary was part of the original guest judge and choreographer pool when the season began. Back in it's not back in 2005, excuse me. In 2007, prior to season three, Mary Murphy was announced as a permanent judge, a position only held by Nigel Lithgow, by the way, who was also the show's producer. A lot has transpired over the years, and tonight we will find out what Mary Murphy, Miss Hot Tamale Train herself, has been up to. So, will you please welcome, making her first What's the Buzz appearance, and my new best friend, Will you welcome, please, <laughs> Mary Murphy? Yes, Mary welcome Murphy. to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Welcome to the show. How you welcome. <laughs> Mary and I, uh, we struck off a wonderful conversation. It was, it was amazing. We mm-hmm. talked for about 30 minutes. She talked dirty to me the whole time. It was really nice, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a word in edgewise? Yeah, man, I'm telling you what. <laughs> so I am going to let uh, Amelia Chapman, because mm-hmm. you have a history with this young lady, tell everybody your connection to Mary Murphy, please. Well, I've been, uh, quite, we've been, uh, let's see, friends of quite a few years. Uh, she's actually like my half-sister. <laughs> my my <laughs> sister brother. Well, let's see. Let's see. How long have we known each other? Like 10 years or yeah, so? At least. Yeah. But she looks prettier in blonde. <laughs> than I don't I ask do. you a question, Amelia. I never asked you this. <laughs> do you dance, Amelia? I, if I get taught how to dance, absolutely. But I think I have two left feet. <laughs> I'm 63, and I told my wife and my mother that I wanted to learn how to dance. Mm-hmm. And they both looked at me and said, go back to bed. <laughs> um, I just I have this dancer inside of me yearning mm-hmm. to bust out. I can't explain it. I don't know where it comes from, but I spend hours on TikTok. I mean, literally hours on TikTok, mm-hmm. watching these you know people of all ages dance. I'm going to talk to you about some of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. First of all, in your in your opinion, Mary, and I have to have your opinion on this. Is there any age that you would recommend don't start dancing. No, any age can start dancing. I have a woman in my studio. She just started like um, six years ago and she's now 84 and she is dancing three sessions a day. She's still working full time. She is doing things she thought she never could do. She never spent 
any time on herself. Her entire life was about her family and her career. And now she's kind of the poster child for Berkshire Hathaway because she is now selling more than she ever did because she does have an outside interest and a passion in something. So now she said people are more interested to talk to her. And she said they all want to know what's going on with her dancing. So she goes around the country. I personally really, really amazing. It's remarkable. I can't explain it. I see, mm-hmm. and Amelia, you know, because you mm-hmm. see the stuff that I save on TikTok yeah. and, and Instagram, even though I don't mm-hmm. know how to work the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, just, I find something I like. Oh, I like that. Here you go. I'm going to check. Mm-hmm. Um, there are young kids, like eight, nine years old, like doing the tango and the merengue and these sensual dances. It, it's a little uncomfortable. I'm going to be very honest with you. For me, and I'm not a prude, mind you, at all, but it's a little uncomfortable for me when I see, like, you know, a 9- and 10-year-old boy and girl doing this stuff that, you know, adults should be doing to turn each other on. It's, no, it's a little I don't uncomfortable think you see kids doing anything like that that are at that age. From 5 years old to about the junior one, and a little bit older. There's so many regulations now in place if they're competitive ballroom dancers that uh, the steps that they're allowed to do, the costumes are not allowed to have any embellishments up until I think by the age of 10 or 12. And then after that, they're allowed to have embellishments. But that, you know, it's a really bad teacher if you're seeing something like that because nobody's going down that road. And we're all yeah. heading towards, hopefully, um, you know, there's a lot of work in progress to become an Olympic sport. You know, breakdancing is just joining the Summer Olympics this next Summer Olympics. And that's the first dance that's going to be put in. Um, but there, we have a long way to go in ballroom, I think, to to get there. And uh, mainly because, honestly, it's kind of it was more geared right now, at least in this country. It is a white sport. And we right. need to be inclusive of everybody. And I think that's why breakdancing was able, it's more urban. It's uh, done around the world and uh, mm-hmm. we are slowly getting with it in ballroom as well. And so I have kids of, uh, you know, every ethnicity and uh, that are ballroom dancing now from five years on up. So yeah. hopefully someday it will be recognized. It's as fascinating. It's really fascinating. We're going to take a look tonight at some of your students in action and we're going to take a look at you teaching, which is a little a little sneak peek. I'm going to, before we go there, I want to say thank you to KNBC in Los Angeles for use of the clips. Um, but we're going to get to that in a minute. I want to ask you, uh, when did you start? When did you realize you had the, the bug inside you? This hot tamale train inside you. That I can honestly... <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can honestly tell you, I never dreamed of this life. I grew up with three brothers and I was the fourth boy and I wanted to do everything they were doing and what and what I was allowed to do at that point. And all those years ago, we only were allowed to do track and field as women in my school. It wasn't until my senior year that we were allowed to play basketball and um, volleyball. And of course, I've joined that, too. I would say growing up, uh, besides going out into the swamps and uh, going fishing and, uh, you know, muskrat hunting and stuff like that, um, that I would really the essence of a Huckleberry Mary. We had a canal and a river that ran through my little town. And that's what felt good to me running around with no shoes and being on the canal. 
Um, bit of a tomboy, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> just a bit. If you could just see the picture of me getting my communion, it was like. I find that hard to imagine. You're so <laughs> Until I had to go to work in college. And even then, wow. I went to college in physical education. There was no dancing going on in my town. It was more like Footloose. Um, yeah, a lot of religion, a lot of yeah. I read a little bit about your, your childhood and growing up. Um, yeah, dance competitions where you were, where you grew up were, you know, slim and none. None. Yeah. Absolutely none. Yeah. Our school so dance our proms you, were a bust. How did you discover <laughs> dance then? <laughs> well, where, where did you have to go to discover dance? I mean, you had to find an outlet well, somewhere. In college, it was like an elective I had to take, and uh, I took modern dance. And so I liked it. And so I, I took as much of it as I possibly could. And there was one ballroom class, but I didn't really like that either. Um, I was married at a very early age and he moved me to Washington, D.C. And I walked into a ballroom dance studio for a summer job. Still did yeah. not like it. It was not really the a school that was about dance. As for, it was more, um, let's just say, they were more... Uh, about finances than they were about teaching people to dance and yeah, I was going to leave and the, the manager said to me he goes I want to take you to the United States ballroom championships I think he could feel that I was going to quit and I was and uh, I said yeah I'd love to go see that I've never been in New York City in my life I was just even nervous about going to a big bigger city than Washington DC sure and I got up there and it was just like the, a movie and I walked into the room about 10 feet. I wasn't even seated. I hadn't watched any events, didn't even know what was going on. There was about 35 couples swooping across the floor and dancing. Right. And I, it hit me like a lightning bolt. I felt it on a cell, like it started at my head, went all the way down, just kabam. I looked up at the people that brought me. I said, I'm going to be the United States champion and I'm going to be a professional ballroom dancer. And they started laughing at me. And they said, well, I'm yeah. just hoping you'd stay at our studio. <laughs> Who's laughing now, Mary? Yeah. Oh, we have somebody in the chat room. Here you go. They can't believe it, I'm sure. So when we I have a, a gentleman in the chat room named Stephen Plim. I know who Stephen Plim is. Uh, he says, uh, love her. Um, study, I studied under John Gregory from 20th Century Fox. John was a dance teacher to the stars. So we'll talk about him. If you, do you know who he is? I don't. But I think it's, I'm reading uh, uh, his credit right there. Was personal manager to Errol Flynn's room count like. Julie Garland, Nikki yeah. Wow, okay. So, Mr. Plim is um, a gentleman that handled Jerry Mathers, uh, Adam West, Joe Fraser, um, wow. Tiny Tim. His claim to fame is he was Tiny Tim's manager. Is that right? Yeah, he's, mm -hmm. for real. He's mm -hmm. a dear, dear friend of yep. mine. He's a very dear friend of mine, Steve mm -hmm. Plim. Um, mm -hmm. And he's got, talking about manager to the stars, this guy's handled them all. Um, wow. I want to talk to you about the etiquette of dance. Now, back in the 80s, there was this boom going around called break dancing. Yes. And now we, we in fact, before we went on the air, we talked a little bit about it uh, being an Olympic thing now. 
Yeah. Um, Breakdancing was considered outlaw at the time. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, well I'll tell you how I know about this. Mm-hmm. My background, I don't know if Amelia told you, my background is professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so, I got the wrestling t-shirt. Right? <laughs> so, and in very much like, uh, you know, some promotions that we called outlaw promotions, mm-hmm. you know, the the uh, enticement of it being outlawed drew you to it. Breakdancing was getting people from all walks yes. into the breakdance movement. I remember one woman in particular, you might remember her. Her name was Lucinda Dickey. She was an actress dancer. Um, and she did all those break and boogaloo, you know, one and two. Yeah, you know, electric boogaloo and electric so, boogaloo, too, I think it was. Yeah, but mm-hmm. now you got the B-boy thing happening. Mm-hmm. And you got yeah. you know, other variations of essentially breakdancing, right? Why is it? I mean, here's the question. It's a kind of long-winded way of asking, but why is it the dance goes in cycles like this? Has that always been the norm? Yeah, I think it, it has always been the norm. You know, I think during the war, you know, when people started picking up the, the Lindy Hop and, and, and in the 50s dancing, the, you know, the swing and the, the cha-cha came to life at that point in time in our history. There's always been something that comes along every so often. I don't think we've ever seen anything like the 70s and the hustle era. And unfortunately, I was hitting, um, just finding a ballroom dance studio right at the very end of that before some uh, DJ said disco sucks and things started to crumble around disco. But for me, it was so exciting because I went out to the club. It was right towards the end. Every single night, you didn't have to know anybody. If you knew how to dance, you'd dance all night. And then at 2.30 in the morning, you'd go someplace to dance. And then you'd have breakfast, go to sleep, go to work, and then do it all over again. Um, and the numbers of people and the numbers of men that got into dancing at that time, almost every oh single God. dancer, male dancer that is my around my age, they all said that they got into it because of, you know, Saturday Night Fever and uh, oh, yeah. dancing and they figured well, out they you, you sparked the- more women if they knew how to dance really well. <laughs> well, you sparked a question, Mary. Um you know, you had the Saturday Night Fever era in the 70s. You know, disco was the thing happening. Disco bled into the 80s for a little for a little while, for, for a short term. And then there was the Kill Disco movement. Everybody got on that bandwagon. <laughs> um, again, you know, this, you know, big orchestrated music to big orchestrated dances. Um, I remember... One film in particular that really highlighted the dance of the day. Uh, thank God it's Friday. You remember that one? Yep. Yep. And that was a hell of a dance movie because even if you didn't know how to dance or couldn't dance, you found yourself bebopping to that music. Um, I was the best chair dancer in New Jersey at the time. I could tell you that for damn sure. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, I am. To get around, million will tell you. She's told half the country by now. I'm sure. Um, So it goes in cycles. Now, I talked about dance etiquette a little bit. Is there a such a thing? And I've heard this term, and I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but a term I heard called dance etiquette. Explain to me 
what it is or if it is, what's what's the uh, what is dance etiquette? Well, of course, you know, with, with kids, we teach a proper dance etiquette and manners, you know, and you see those around in uh, every city has them. And they, they teach the kids manners, how to ask somebody to dance, how to hold somebody properly, how to lead somebody in an underarm turn without giving them a boob graze, um, things like that. And even today in salsa uh, communities, I know that we teach that in, in our school as well. You know, um, that kind of went out the window when Lombada came into town. Uh, and that went out fast. And it went out fast because... People that were coming in for a group class didn't necessarily want to be bumping and grinding with somebody that they didn't like or didn't know or didn't want to or didn't even have a couple of drinks with. It was just not, yeah. it wasn't a good fit. I I had a feeling I jumped on the bandwagon for just like a nanosecond during the Lombada days, but it went, it, I said, this is not going to last. People are not going to like this. Um, you know, certainly salsa is certainly coming on strong bachata now, which is a little bit of a slower dance. It's not everybody can dance the fast uh, salsa. And uh, and then we have the dance etiquette about what it's like being in a ballroom. You know, you go counterclockwise around the room. Yeah. Um, you don't go the opposite direction because you're just going to be killing everybody along the way. Those are kind yeah. of things. Usually never say no to somebody when you're at a ballroom dance party when you're dancing. That was one of all our etiquette things that we have in our school, too. Mm -hmm. um, but we've also one of the blessings that came out of COVID, at least in my own school, is that I started doing ballroom line dances and making people stronger without, you know, having to rely on anybody's lead or follow or anything. And we're still doing it now. And I think we'll always have that in my school now because so many people never have to sit out a single dance if they don't have a partner or they haven't been able to get up enough courage to go ask somebody but we try to make the ballroom world inside a ballroom i have an etiquette question for you yes is it okay to not give a shit what you look like out on a dance floor yeah i, I don't think you have to i for me i am happy to see people just dancing any kind of which way they want to, to be honest with you. And I think pe other people are always drawn to it. I think mm -hmm. you, it's, it's human nature. If, if, if I'm even at the mall and there's some kids starting to dance in the middle of the mall, I'm going to yeah. start looking. I think mm -hmm. if whether somebody's a good dancer or a bad dancer, it doesn't really matter. The fact that they enjoy the music mm -hmm. and enjoy moving. I think we were naturally born that way. If you right. watch almost any child and you put on music and they're an infant, they will start moving to the music instinctively. It's someplace along the line. And I think in our culture that we yeah. scare out of people or especially young boys that, oh my goodness, well, they might be gay if they start dancing. Um, hysteria that went along you know what it was around for a long time um yeah. there's still a little bit of that you know mm -hmm. certainly where i come from you know you wouldn't have your kid doing especially a boy doing dancing there was people have very short memories mary don't they i mean uh yes. you would you'd be hard pressed to call uh gene kelly or fred astaire you know sissy boys exactly without getting your ass kicked for sure <laughs> I mean, now we see, you know, to be honest with you, the majority of the professional dancers in this country today are actually straight. Um, so that is absolutely, you know, <laughs> a wrong idea about mm -hmm. 
can't make anybody gay, you know, as far yeah. as that goes. Um, and certainly I've had long chats with a lot of my friends that are when they knew and everything else and didn't dancing have anything to do with it. And they're like, absolutely not. It has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mary, I'm going to make happy. you a very happy individual tonight, Mary, because I'm going to turn it over to the pit bull, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I can understand what you were saying because I mean, you, no matter how old you are, you could be happy. Because I remember at the dance competition where I, uh, where we met as well, even with Michael, uh, this lady won. I think it was like the last place you could win, and she was like in her late fifties, and she was so happy because her first year of co- competition, and she won like five hundred dollars worth of dance classes lessons, and she was wow. just the happiest person. And she's like, oh my gosh, I could do this for like a whole year or so, and. And I said, well, congratulations. She goes, yes, look. And she said, could you take a picture with me? And uh, she says, I know that you're Michael's sister-in-law and you were with Mary Murphy. And I said, I- I'm just here to have fun. She goes, I don't care. Just take a picture with me. Look, she was just so happy to even win. I said, sure, come on. Let's take a picture together. And she was just so happy to win. And you know, uh, the reason why I love ballroom dancing mm-hmm. in particular so much is because, you know, just because uh, you're getting older and mm-hmm. you've competed in sports when you were growing up, this mm-hmm. is the beauty of it is that you can compete against other people your age or younger if you feel yeah. like you can knock some and that happens and some yeah. of these older people you know take uh, take somebody younger down mm-hmm. um, it's particularly prideful for them too you know to be able to do that and to be able to still strive and have determination towards mm-hmm. life and to be able to dance uh, gives that to people mm-hmm. they oh, feel absolutely. You know, thrilled to be able to also um, just with the generations that are going on right now, as far as it's one of the few places that you will go into the ballroom and there will be a formal night. Everybody is dressed up. The women are putting on ball gowns with rhinestones and feathers. Oh, and yeah. I wasn't growing up. I call <laughs> Cinderella effect. Mm-hmm. All those tomboys out there that eventually became women and young women. And at a certain age, I call it me and my other girlfriend who were both mm-hmm. tomboys. I said, it was a Cinderella effect. All of a sudden, you know, we started caring about our nails or our makeup or our mm-hmm. hair, or the way we dressed and we felt good about it. And so these women that also, and men that get to dress up in tuxedos, one of the last places that you can, especially out here in California, let me tell you, we are California casual. Yeah. People don't go to, um, I see it more on the East Coast when I go to New York and Boston and Washington, D.C., people still in suits, women still dressed up. Women, oh my gosh, they're still wearing high heels. Good Lord. You know, we're in flip-flops. Yeah. Know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, I get to dress up for a day, you know. <laughs> You're not dressed up ever. And right? so people still live out that golden mm-hmm. uh, age of what it was like to be glammed and to yeah. roll across the ballroom floor and feel yeah. elegant and beautiful. Mary, yeah, when that- you think of elegant dance, what's the first film that comes to mind for you? Oh, certainly it would be Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Um, movie, any of their movies. Um, it was just, uh, to me, they just floated across the floor and, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have too much to do with what the ballroom technique, so to speak, is today, yeah. but it was just their connection with one another and the glamour of it and just the, the constant twirling and it just, uh, it was so romantic, I thought. You mentioned an interesting word there. Oh, said, yeah, the there the movie mm-hmm. up there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's right behind you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and why is it? Too, <laughs> right? Why is oh, it that French, people want to learn French? the quick step right away? Why why What's is it that? that why is it that, that everyone wants to learn the quick step first of all? Oh, I don't know. Not too many people I've want noticed to that. learn that first. <laughs> it's because everybody's like, I ask them, I say, why do you want to learn the quick step? I mean, I, it's just so pretty, I guess. It's so fast. At first it's, 20 it's, seconds, I get tired. Yeah, <laughs> really it's kind of like running a race. Do you, no. do you really think that people want to learn the quick step first? I've whatever? heard a lot of people want to learn the quick step. That's the really? first step. That's mm -hmm. fascinating to me because that's like, it looks difficult. Yeah. It mm -hmm. looks very technical to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not I the mean, easiest dance, and it's not one that I ever teach first, and especially to, especially to beginners. But unless, mm -hmm. if a wedding couple comes in and they mm -hmm. tell me that they want to do quick step, I'll say, well, if you give me the time, I'll mm -hmm. be happy to teach you. But if you think you can learn the quick step in three lessons, uh, we can forget about it. Yeah, Mary, something like that will put me in the hospital, kid. I got nothing. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so let's play a little clip here. And first of all, a thank you to KNBC in Los Angeles for the clip. This is Mary Murphy doing what she does best. And, uh, oh, check this out. Oh, beautiful. Mary Murphy. There's a quick Dancing step. Dancing a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mary, talk to me about that. That that little um, snippet we saw you dance. What what is the name of the dance, and where was that the competition? Gosh, I can still remember where that was. That was called the Northwest Star Ball. It was in Seattle, and um, I don't believe I did that other number was a quick step, and that was with a different partner called who was named Bill Milner. The first one was Jim Desmond, and, and I don't know where that other one was at. And of course, uh, there that was the Northwest Star Ball. That now, was what we're seeing here is um, you're teaching, teaching a class. Yes. And where is this class? Is this your school? No, that was um, the first season of So You Think You Can Dance. And that was the year that we had um, 50 contestants. And this kid, oh my gosh. Wow. Ryan, Ryan I still remember his name. His hair was so spiky. It actually, he scared me at first because I've never been around a, a street hip hop um, kid. And he had all these chains on and, and his hair was like, uh, a, just like it was like hard rock. And um, so because I had told them all they needed to go down and brush their teeth and put deodorant on because we were going to be doing Foxtrot that day. And I said that you were going to be up close and personal. And the network at that time, um, they had said that I was going to be a tougher judge than uh, than Simon Cowell. And look what I'm doing to these kids. To me, it was simple. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? No, I was. Um... <laughs> there was some controversy about this young man here. Um, previously in, in the, the uh, other shot, he had a blue shirt on. Um it wasn't here he is brandon jones um some controversy about him whether he was what you were looking for on the show build wise because he's a large large kid right um so is there that kid there that you're looking at his name was big papa it, and is there a type that they look for i mean 
You don't and, see large people, generally speaking, on dance programs. No, but believe me, there are large people that can really dance. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily that we would rule somebody out. It's right. just that especially it just depends on what their talent is. So right. these kids were probably hip hop dancers and they were amazing at what they did. And so that I will fight for somebody to make it into the show, even if they don't do as well in other styles, because right. they're brilliant at what they do, they must go through. Um, do you take it personal problem. when somebody doesn't make it that you've trained or that you've um, coached along? Is it hard not to take it personal? No, no, I um, no, I don't think I took it personal. Um, it, it's not easy because you want for somebody that has given their life to in working out. Um, but most of the kids in the show that have tried out from my school have. Um, I didn't feel like they dedicated themselves. We have now children that come to this show that said that they have done everything in their power since the age of three to be on right. So You Think You Can Dance. That is a new dance warrior, we'll call it, that they are training in all styles. Um, yeah. I wish they would go back to doing more ballroom on the show because ballroom's a little bit more expensive, you know, than the other styles to mm -hmm. take. So they don't, and there's so many ballroom dances, they can't train in everything. So that's what I loved about the show in the early years is because you would see somebody that was really great and contemporary, and then they did a slow foxtrot and they just were horrible at it. And it gave this amazing roller coaster to the show. One week they were brilliant. The next week they were like struggling. And we don't see that in the last few years because Basically, almost everything they do is amazing yeah. <laughs> because they are coming well, well trained. But if they would throw the foxtrot, the waltz, the quick step back in there. Yeah. Um, other dances, international Latin, if they do international rumba and uh, um, more uh, pasta dobles, uh, we would see more struggle. And that you know, there are um, interesting uh, show to me than everybody being amazing. Yeah, there are um, a number of films over the years that have kickstarted the dance movement across the country. We mentioned, of course, Saturday Night Fever, uh, Break and Boogaloo. You know, the the all twelve chapters of that film <laughs> seemed like every every other month there was another Break and Boogaloo mo movie coming out. Um, more recently in recent years, um, shall we dance with the Jennifer Lopez and Richard Gere? Um, a guy much like myself, older in years, um, going through a, a little bit of a midlife crisis, not a stretch, by the way, <laughs> at all. Um, but in the film, the idea was that this guy was trying to find a creative outlet. And he saw this woman dancing, you know, and uh, and he well, he actually didn't see her dancing. He just sees this woman standing in a window right. and finds himself in the world of dance at Miss Mitzi's School of Dance, you know, the uh, fictitious dance uh, school in film. Right. Um, and I asked you a question off camera. Is it too late for somebody to learn how to dance? And you said, honestly, no. 
Um, I'm 63, okay? So there you go. Just, <laughs> I, I think it might have me by a year. I'm not sure. Um, but at my age, and I'm not a thin fella. Um, I'm about 190. Um, you know, large and in charge. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a guy like me, how would dance benefit me physically and health-wise? Well, you know, everything, of course, anything that you do physical is, is all tied together with the brain and uh, um, will improve your mood. Of course, it's going to burn calories. Like if you were to take a, a salsa dance class or and then get better. I'd at, end up in traction. Yes, you can, <laughs> you can burn up to 500 calories for mm -hmm. an hour. Um, yeah. So there's many benefits to it. And uh, uh, not to mention, it just kind of feeds your soul when you are connected yeah. with music and connected with somebody else as well. Um, yeah. We are going into an age, and I think we all know it, that we are going into an age of a disconnection and everybody yeah. on a phone and everybody on a computer. And uh, the, the fact is getting it's less and less now. And it's concerning. <laughs> Um, we yeah. have seen studies of, um, I don't know if you've heard about Mad Hat Ballroom, about watching children in the, um, yeah. the you know, lower income district come together mm -hmm. and have to learn how to dance and yeah. how they hated it in the beginning and now how it's grown to be a big inner city competition and how all the kids have to get along and how they're dancing with one another. Yeah. That same dance instructor took this idea back home and he was originally from Palestine and he took eight couples from uh, uh, Israel and eight Palestinian kids that grew um, teams and brought them together in a ballroom and the look on each other's face in the beginning, the hatred, because they've never, that's all they've ever known is that yeah. you hate uh, somebody from Palestine or you're the hate, the Jewish um Sure. Uh, and so by the end of the eight weeks, it's just amazing to see these kids all laughing and playing and dancing with one another. Um, there's Remarkable. a great power that goes along with dance. Uh, many yeah. people who are suffering with different ailments and um, different situations and mm -hmm. myself early on, it saved my life getting into dance because uh, I was in a very abusive relationship and marriage. And yeah. Had it not been that I absolutely just found dance, I'm not so sure I'd be here today. Um, yeah, I read a little bit about your life. Um, people don't realize this. I want to just uh, pull back the, the, the layers of the onion just a tad bit without revealing mm -hmm. too much. Um, you've had a hell of a run, kid, a hell of a journey, <laughs> yeah. uh, to say the least. Um mm -hmm. You know, you've you've dealt with your share of abuse, both mental and physical. Um, you know, being uh, bullied, I'll I'll use that a kind bullied, word and say yeah. bullied. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, it you know it sounds better than uh, you know tortured, but you yeah. know uh, bullied by any standard is still torture. Um, but you've come through it with a smile and uh, you know a a better than average bank account. So the people that, that did these things to you can go piss off and you can have the last laugh. <laughs> um, Amelia, I'm going to bring you up the bat kid. Well, I, I, I just want to say, yes, it, took me a, it took me a lot of years to, to really get the full scope of that. I have to 
thank at least him personally, because mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I would have never been on So You Think Yes. I would have never been in found ballroom dancing just because, you know, he moved me to Washington, D.C. Yeah. I can look back on it now and go, wow, you know, there was a silver lining. I couldn't see it for a few years. I couldn't yeah. see it. But looking back now, I'm going, wow, I would not have the life. I would have not been the person that, because I was told a million times I would be homeless if I ever left too. And that still drives me today. I work like a fool nonstop all the time. Like I yeah. literally had to put myself in bed for a day or two just because I, I do all the work for my 32nd anniversary bash at my studio. And I have a big show and I do all the work, the cleaning, the everything, making the decorations, yeah. making the set. I do it. And um, it's because of him. I think I have that drive. I'm not so sure I'd be that way. I think I could have been a lazy bum maybe if I didn't um, go through that. I'm not sure. I just let people know that when I spoke to Mary a couple of weeks back in preparation for you know, booking her on the show today, um, you were just getting over COVID. You were sick as a dog. You were sniffling. You were coughing, but you said, I'll be there somewhere or another. I'll be there. Um, and you said, well, because I have to teach. And that was the kicker. And I have to teach. That was the thing. Um, that's dedication. Mm -hmm. um, yes. It's it's absolute dedication or you're just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mary, Mary's going to do everything she can to teach. She will not give up. She is no. a teacher first. Well, Amelia, <laughs> hop on it. You, you are up. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yes. What would what advice would you give someone that's wanting to get into ballroom dancing? Well, I, I you know, depending on uh, what city they're in, I would certainly mm -hmm. go around and most dance studios give a special and you mm -hmm. can go in and um, and check out all the different studios. And if you see people that you like the way that they dance, then, you know, I would pick that studio. But I would definitely check out check them all out first. And see that, Angelo? That was for you. I've been in touch with Miss Mitzi. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm still trying to get Jennifer Lopez to teach me personally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, he replaced you already, Mary. Look at that. It was 39 minutes. See, look at that. I'm working on it. Are you ready to play show and tell? And then yes. I'll let you have some more yes. questions. Show and tell, Why yes. Play show and tell. This is your favorite part. I know it's your Absolutely. favorite Absolutely. My favorite yeah, part. Show and tell. On the show <laughs> called Show and Tell. Um, we believe, uh, Amelia and I believe that behind every picture, there's a story. Yes. So I have uh, a bunch of pictures. <laughs> you want to do our... Juicy Before we do... Why don't we do this? Before we do show and tell, mm -hmm. let's have a word from our sponsor. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Mary, hold your ears, kiddos. Okay. <laughs> Do you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. The Manscaped.com Lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE for a generous 20% discount. That's Enter Wrestling Future for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and Wrestling with the Future, going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com 
and the Lawnmower 3.0, your boss will thank you. And so will we. Every well-groomed man needs a manscaped.com <laughs> lawnmower 3.0. Get one now. Mention Wrestling Future. Get a 20% discount. That's a generous discount, too, by the way. So uh, say hi to our friends at Manscaped. Mary, I'm sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Simon Those could hear Things that. are important. <laughs> yeah, right? I would have loved to have Nigel listen to that one. <laughs> Talk about refinement. Oh, man, Nigel would have loved that. Um, let's play show and tell. Amelia, yes. your favorite part of the Yay, my favorite part, tell. yes. All right, now, this is, uh, of course, uh, Mary Murphy, choreographer, dance competitor, judge. Okay, what's the story behind this picture, Mary? You know, I can't remember. That was so long ago. I can't. I, and I think it was before even. So you think you can dance for sure. You look like a high school girl. And you're like, like a high school like prom picture or some shit. <laughs> like a yearbook picture. It's definitely out of high school. Um, but most of my yeah. whole dance career, I had dark hair. I've only was blonde later in life. <laughs> well, I was going to say you've... Um, you're, uh, you go from blonde to dark. Now, what is this one? Why are we look at this picture here? This is Mary Murphy. That's not me. It, that's not really. <laughs> it, the caption is Mary Murphy and Twitch. The caption is Mary Murphy and Twitch. No, I swear to you. I swear yeah. to you, that is not that's me. Here you go. <laughs> that All right, is now. Me. Bill Milner, the U.S. Championships, yes. That, that's what's called, I did my, my studying, that's called a frame. You're holding that's a right. frame. Now, yes, why is it so important for the woman, particularly a woman in the dance, to uh, to maintain frame? Well, it, it different styles have different techniques, and this style is called international style. And it's most likely a waltz or a foxtrot. And you must maintain full body contact at all times. And the frame is just part of the outside of what, you know, like the seal of a car. Right. It is toned. It, it's the one way that I follow his body and I follow his lead. And without the verbal lead saying, I'm going to do the next step, <laughs> this, you know. Right. Um, I can feel it through somebody's body. And it's incredibly, I think it's more incredibly uh, difficult than what we have as the American style, which is more yeah. like Fred and Ginger, where we're trolling, spinning around, let her go, do whatever. Um, for the judges, there's a kind of less, you know, critical things, technical things mm -hmm. that uh, you can get by with in that right. style. In this style, it's not forgiving. If you don't have a great top line and body connection, uh, it's easily seen. And it takes years and years and years. Oh, my God. Years to perfect, <laughs> if ever. Sure. <laughs> well, how long did it take to perfect this pose? That You're doing this very well. <laughs> it was definitely taken by Fox. <laughs> and that was one of our promo shots for the year. Um, I think 
I think I was away one year when uh, Paula Abdul replaced me for one year, and then I came back. That's another Fox shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that looks kind of devilish to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm back, people. If there were a shot that would say, that's me, it would be this one. Yeah, I, this, this picture here, I, I pulled this one up for a reason, because you look like you just done something naughty, and I wanted to know... <laughs> Story behind it. It's like they're not gonna catch just me. Stand like this, nobody will know. <laughs> like I did it, but they won't know. Yeah. Well, here you go. Now, oh, shoot. let's talk about this. You, you made. You, I think I might have liked something really a lot. <laughs> there was um. The, you're known as a, a wonderful, beautiful, generous, sweet soul. There are a couple of people who took exception to this. One of them was a former manager. Yeah. Okay. So this one here, and I, I had to pull this up because I laughed when I just when I read it. You've been called all these beautiful things, wonderful, sensitive, kind. But somebody says that you're a desperate, drug-addicted, childish, <laughs> a nymphomaniac. <laughs> I wish. Uh, self <laughs> <laughs> Self-absorbed, uh, a cocaine-fueled, demanding drunk, and that's just some of the stuff. Yeah, that was. How does uh, somebody get away with that without you suing the balls off? Then because it was used, it was used in a legal document, so that's how um, someone gets away with that. And they can just say this stuff and be and be done they with can. it. It's called nuisance lawsuits against celebrities. They can. Um, and then if it ever comes up, which it did go to, I did take him to court and I did win, but I didn't, I didn't win anything. I lost, but yeah. Irish in me wanted to fight it. And I did. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's, that's my own. <laughs> Hopefully well, it to somebody yeah, else. I, I read a little bit about that. By the way, you want to talk about a guy with a credibility problem. Your former manager has a deep credibility problem. Um. You want to read the dossiers on that son of a bitch. Jesus Christ. Um, let's uh, talk. So you think you can dance? Judge Mary Murphy reveals a nine-year history of domestic abuse. We talked a little bit about this tonight. Uh, I don't want to go too much into that because your personal life is your personal life. Um, yeah. But you did come clean about, you know, dealing for nine years with this ongoing turbulence. I'll call it that. Um why was it important for you to open up and, and talk to, about it, to finally put it on the table? Well, a lot of people that have uh, domestic abuse, you, A, number one, you're so embarrassed about it. And you also kind of have to store it someplace. It's either going to come out one way or another. For me, I was able to dance and store it in a part of my brain. Right. But at some point in your life, it's definitely, if you don't deal with it, it's definitely going to affect you. And at one point, I felt like I did not want to die without him knowing that I let everybody know this, that you don't get away with this. Maybe you get away with it, but you're not off scot-free. And it's yeah. out of my house. It's out of, I, you know, I have let it go. I have yeah. forgiveness. You don't get to live inside of me any longer. You don't get that kind of quality of life over me. And it was very empowering. And it was still, I still, I went out and I did some talks on it. It was still, 
I, unbelievably difficult. Um, I couldn't believe how hard it was to actually talk about the actual things that happened to me. Um, and each time it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. And, um, and there is an amazing amount of freedom that came with that and a release that, uh, and you, you march along life with traumas that have happened to you, whatever mm. it may be out there. And you think, Oh, I've, I look at me, you know, I'm doing this. I'm become a champion. I'm on television now, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And still there is that. It still has you. Yeah. And that's aggravating. And at some point, if you're willing to let it out and let it go, it will release you. It doesn't erase it forever, by the way. Right. Um, there is still things that can trigger me mm -hmm. and, but I get over it much quicker and I know where it's coming from. And well, and I think you used a, a beautiful word empowering yeah. yes. uh, that when you take control of the situation and you feel like you've actually gotten a hold of it, it, as you just stated, it becomes easier to deal with each succeeding time because it's not somebody else doing it. You are bringing the, you know, the spotlight on it so you can deal with it your way. And that's exactly. the empowering part of it, dealing with something on your terms, mm -hmm. which exactly. is critical. Because your story could help somebody else yeah. as well. This one here, there were two headlines. It said, Mary Murphy fired from So You Think It Can Dance. This was season 12, and they mentioned another season. I forgot. What happened? Because they cite creative differences. What, what happened here? Um. That was uh, uh, another thing that happened with uh, my manager at that time. And um, there was some, all I think, ulterior motives, you know, as far as what he wanted me to do and be on another show. Right. And I, I didn't even know anything about it. I had no idea. I thought we were still, I was still in negotiations. And I found, right. had to find out from Nigel when I called and said, what's going on? I don't understand why, yeah. you know, two cities went by and, and he, he looked at me almost angrily and just said, I don't know what you're talking about, but your manager came and gave us an ultimatum. Your negotiations have been over for two months and I was just floored. So was it Nigel that fired so, you? And no, no, nobody really fired me. They just didn't, uh, um, they didn't come to a contract negotiation. Oh, group. they didn't renew your contract. I got you. No, they, they made me a four-year offer. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I had a four-year oh, so offer. did you turn them down? I, even, I didn't turn it down. I never even saw it. My, oh, you uh, didn't see it? No, oh, I never shit. seen it until the later, way, way, way later. Oh, wow. I had no clue. I knew they made me an oh, offer. Shit. I was told that it wasn't, it was ridiculous and wasn't very good. Wow, that's craziness, man. That's yeah. just bizarre stuff. Um, next one. Again, we've seen that one. I didn't have anybody. I didn't have a manager. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a Pete. I just said, uh, I'm. I you know, heard a story behind this, this photo here. This was in in the wrestling business. I, I'm from the wrestling business, by the way. Come back. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, this is what we call a shoot promo. Okay, um, somebody snapped you in the middle of getting a little pissy. Oh, I don't um, think so. There's no, no way. That's, that's, no. The story is um, 
Mary Murphy snaps at paparazzi. No way. That's that's what never happened. What happened here? What are we looking at? Well, I'm just at the Teen Choice Awards. I'm sure somebody said, "Come on, Mary, give us a scream." And mm -hmm. I would, I most likely, I would have screamed. A lot of people will ask me to be on the hot tamale train. I'll say, "No, you have to earn it." Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I would up. for all the press when they would ask me to, and especially, I mean, you can only imagine my neighbors when I would live up in LA. And they would say, like, in an early talk show, like, at 7 a.m. and 5 a.m. of my time, and say, give us a scream. I said, all right. I said, I'm going to wake up my neighbors. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I tell, uh, I would always say, turn your um, your radio down wherever you're at right now, um, because they always wanted me to just do it as loud as I could. It was too funny. But there's no way that I ever, ever have snapped at any Mm -mm. Yeah. Anybody in the press for this is why we do. This is why we do show and tell because yeah. we got to get you know, the the Amelia will tell you we're yeah. we're fair on the show. We <laughs> get to the truth. We get to what's behind everything. And if somebody says it wasn't me, I didn't do it. Hey, I trust nope. you. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. But I still want to know if there's a juicy story behind Dan Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. no. If he, if he would only ask. If, if he gets asked to do it, he'll too. do it. It's kind of a shame too that you were, you know, just posing because I would have loved to see somebody snap at the paparazzi for change. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm gonna tell you guys the truth that uh, I was always worried about the paparazzi. You know, just you know, they find you out on the street and they try to get you. They'll say different things to you to try to make you snap, but. It never ever happened, and but for the most part, I would say ninety nine percent of have always been very kind to me, and um, I'm very grateful for that So Amelia and I, before the show, were talking about your studio, your dance studio. Um, you had a little close call there. Uh, your the building next door to you, yeah, caught fire. It did. It was Did you a, lose anything? Were you okay? It was a blaze. I mean, I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I was there was a bar mitzvah renting my facility at the time, and I was there. And um, somebody came in and said there was a fire, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I went out, and it didn't, you know, just a few flames. I came back in, and I told everybody, you know, um, not to worry, but there was a fire next door. I took one more walk back out and the whole thing started to go up in flames. I'm like, oh my God, okay, everybody, the police came, said, you got to get out of here now. And yeah. so everybody, I, I said, just like you would in a movie, I said, please gather your things. And it's, 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 you know, it's the building next to us. It's not us. We're not on fire. And please walk to your car and please leave right now. And everybody yeah. got up and ran. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, of course. Like, I just said, and you walk. stayed filming. <laughs> Absolutely. People are always going to pull. And then the kids, young kids, they were all filming their uh, filming it. And then until the, um, you know, the, the firemen and everybody got there, I was very lucky that they put up like five trucks and blew the water that way away from my building. Yeah. And luckily we didn't have Santa Ana winds. You got to love the cell phone generation, don't you? Oh yeah. No. Everything makes it for YouTube. And it's <laughs> really? thing could have blown, you know, and yes, they tried to yeah. get me to leave my building. I said no. 
I had the police. Amelia, you are yeah, up kid. Yeah, I know. It was like, oh my gosh, Mary, you're still there filming this. Get out of the building. I kept trying to say that. I was like, okay. I had a wedding the next day. I, I, uh -huh. I, no way I was leaving because it was going to be for my receptionist. The police officer tried to get me to leave. I said, you can go ahead and arrest me. I said, I'm not ruining my She's not leaving. Uh, no, she's gonna be tied down to that building. Yeah. She's not gonna leave. <laughs> you, you can arrest. Yep. Yeah, we heard that. <laughs> yeah, Amelia said Mary was staying put. She wasn't moving. She would. Uh, -uh. no. Nope. If I know Mary, she's gonna be nowhere. tied to that. <laughs> so she'll be tied to that building. <laughs> so let's talk about celebrity. Um, you are, by your own admission and by uh, your your extensive biography the most unlikely celebrity uh, and someone who, and, and quite frankly, and I can tell you, judging by, and I'm a pretty good judge of character, you know, judging by the woman I'm speaking to tonight, you haven't let it get to your head. Um, you seem well-grounded. You seem, you know, I mean, you're, you're a kind, you know, drug-fueled nymphomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the sweetest people I know. I, she yeah, you is. really are. You're a sweetheart. She is. Um, I mean, anytime well, I ask her, say, Mary, take a picture. She'll be right there with me. So yeah. let's talk about the, uh, <laughs> the 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 sudden onset of fame in your life. So what when you got so you think you can dance? Did you have any idea how many people were going to end up watching this show and it would be on for all these years? What you want it? No, I, I don't even think any of us. The first season they. They greenlit it so um, and gave them such a short period of time to get it on air. I don't really think Fox necessarily wanted it to work, um, but none of us knew because I got on the set and I would say, do you know what's going on? No. Do you know what's going on? No. I thought it was just me, but it was really everybody. They were making it up as we were going along how it was going to play out. Yeah. And it just so happened. It, it just took off in spite of, you know, not a lot of publicity and, um, it just became a, a huge hit, but I didn't really even so really understand that till years later that how big that hit was because I didn't really know what the numbers were or what was what or anything. Yeah, it was just uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. I will say that. And and for me, just every year when it would come up, I would be so excited to go, go on the road and there a, a town car would come to my house and I can't wait to see what the kids are going to do. And I can't wait to find out, you know, who's going to just like blow me away. Who's going to make me cry? Um, because I do think it's, it's extraordinary that uh, a choreographer and the two dancers could make magic in a minute and 30 seconds and be able to tell a whole story that would affect me. And then I found out, you know, like I felt like an idiot the first time I was crying on TV because I never really seen that um, with any other judges. And I it's like, I couldn't help it. I would be completely overcome by mm -hmm. a certain dance and the story and everything about it. And then I found out every, people would write to me and they said, ah, that made me cry, Mary, you know, and I would be yeah. in some other country and somebody would say, you know, that number. And then they were crying to it. And, uh, um, it just was, it was a lot of fun, I will say. And just uh, seeing the talent that blew me away. I was like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like in a candy store sitting there front row and center and being able to get paid to watch this. It was like somebody damn well pinched me. Well, and that's the best part, isn't it? Along the it way, is. I'd be like, I shouldn't be here. I felt like Forrest Gump. <laughs> like I've seen all these extraordinary pictures and I got to meet, you know, Prince Charles and Julia Roberts, but just 
all these yeah. people that you just go, whoa, are you kidding me? Right. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't even believe that was my well, life. Well, let's talk, you mentioned Julia Roberts. Let's talk about dance doubling for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, we, Amelia and I have been trying to get Julia's brother on the show, Eric. In fact, yeah. I call, I spoke to his wife today. Everything has to go through his wife. She played Brunel in Animal House. Sweet lady. Very sweet lady. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, dance doubling for somebody or doubling for someone in general. Um, were you comfortable in that role as a double did they, I mean, you know where I'm going with this? Um, well, that was my first job in Hollywood, period, before So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, okay. This was way back when Julia was, like, probably the hottest movie star in the world. Mm. And I was not even told who I was auditioning. I was actually dancing at the United States Swing Championships, and there was about 2,000 people there, and we were kind of doing an Elvis swing number. And mm. as I came off the floor... This weird looking lady in a fur leopard hat and a scarf around her green scarf and tight pants and high heeled boots put yeah. this piece of paper in my hand. I was so hot, I didn't even read it for a half an hour. I was just fanning myself with it. And I looked at it and I said, geez, this is a, for an audition for a movie. And I said, oh God, we had just been up to LA three days in a row. It's not our cup of tea coming from San Diego. Traffic is horrible. I said, do we really, it's tomorrow. Do we really want to go back? So we went back and there was like 150 dancers trying out for these two roles. And uh, then we got called back again the next day. And I was like, oh my God, we've got to drive. And I started to learn in life that when I really don't want to do something, I seem to always get it. If If I fight through it and walk through that door and go do it, I usually get something fabulous happens. And uh, sure enough, yeah, wonderful. All back again. I had to go up six days now in a row, and now we're down to three couples. And then they finally told us who it was for. I almost killed over. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And so they put the three couples in the can, sent it down to the director. The director picked us, and we had the right body types. We looked just like them from behind, or at least I did back then. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, let me say uh, categorically. <laughs> let, let me say categorically, Mary, you look fine from behind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, kid. You're good with me. Oh, and two, two weeks later, I was on a first riding in first class, which I've never done before. And I was on the back of this massive plantation in Buford. And, um, and it was a very, very close set. And at that time, Julia had like three bodyguards. She, um, they were all, she was married to Lyle Lovett. I don't know if you remember. She oh, sure. Actually, mm-hmm. I actually saw him last night. And so many people didn't believe that was true. So they were all trying to get in to see if they could validate that or not. And Dennis Quaid was in the movie and Kira Sedgwick. Um, and so it was just uh, Robert Duvall. And uh, Robert Duvall came in. We were teaching Julia and Dennis in a dance tent that was like 12 by 12 on plywood floor in November 
It was freezing. We had a little space heater and um, Robert Duvall popped in the first day and said, oh, I heard there was some ballroom dancers on the set. And he loves ballroom dancer. He was married to a ballroom dancer at the time. And uh, he was actually also working on his film called The Apostle. I think he can't remember. Did he write that too? But anyways, he asked me and the uh, other choreographer to go and he took us out into the boondocks to this church where these amazing singers were like, it was making the, that was for me, one of the best spontaneous moments of my life to be able to go there with him and listen to this amazing choir that had, I guess they just had performed for Clinton's and I was just beside myself sitting, I can't believe this is happening you know i'm sitting here being able to witness something like this yeah. you know my dance partner didn't want to go because he wanted to go into town and see what he could you know oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? and uh, i i said when i got back i said you missed one of the best things that ever, that's ever happened in my life yeah i said you missed incredible. out incredible how has uh and invariably it all comes down to this how has money changed you well, you know, um, it didn't change me that much because I'm going to be honest with you. I, I trusted a lot of people with that. And um, so I've had a lot of bad luck in people embezzling money from me. And people did build my trust for many, many years. It wasn't like I just said, hey, handle my money. Um, uh, and that was hard to get over and the pain and the hurt that you have. That is that just so foreign to me i don't understand that okay now i'll tell you how it can happen for like someone like me that i don't i'm not really into that (laughs) kind of details i hate that part i'm a worker bee and i'm working so much i am being being sent here and here and here and all right and I was working the Canadian show at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was taking red eyes back and forth to Canada to um, film the show, going to hair and makeup without already no sleep and do another show. Yeah. Um, and for a while, that was my life, just insanity. And I loved every second of it, but I, there was definitely, I, I think. Just I just never understand how a person works so hard all their life to get to this position and then says, okay, handle my money for me. How do you do that? How do you like give someone carte blanche over your finance? That would, I, I would be my own booker. I'd be my own accountant, my own agent, my own manager. I, I highly recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I know, some, I know a, a the lesson and I do that the last couple of years. Mary, I got news for you, kid, on this. And I'll tell you straight up. I know a major celebrity right now in L.A. that does that himself. I believe it. And you know what? I've met different celebrities there that have had the same thing happen. I'm not going to say because I'm not sure, but they've made it public. And a female uh, artist that her own father uh, embezzled her money. And um, I can't even begin to imagine how painful that must have been. It's just bizarre. It's just so bizarre. But this guy... He brokers his own deal. He he agents his own um, contracts. You know he has full carte blanche over his own career. He his idea is look, it's my name, it's my work, it's my money. You have yeah. to these days because you don't know who's going to be taking that. your money. Yeah. yeah. 
Can yeah. I? Amelia. I will say this person I had um, mm -hmm. working for me for a very long time and trusted mm -hmm. completely. Yeah. But it's too tempting, oh. I think, yeah. when you take over and you give somebody signing privileges. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Especially, especially if it's family. It so you can't even trust family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Amelia, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's happened to the biggest and the best. Yes. You know, yes, almost everybody up there has a story like that, I will say. Oh, my say. God, yeah. Everybody from Sinatra to Billy Joel to Elvis, they've all mm -hmm. got horror stories, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, Amelia, to tell you what, mm -hmm. since, uh, since you're the sister-in-law here, I'm going <laughs> to let you uh, right? take us home. Yes, I was just going to say, um, what? how can uh, they find uh, what's going to be next for Mary Murphy? How can they re get a hold of you? Anybody can get a hold of me. I'm on social media. <laughs> but I'm not there very often, so if you don't see an answer back, mm -hmm. uh, I I'm not really the best on that. But I think I probably am on Facebook with the ballroom world more than any other social media. I do a little bit of Instagram. I'm not on Twitter hardly at all anymore. It does. It just seems like it's all advertisements or somebody else is on my Twitter or something. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't seem like it used to be. People right? used to, I, my Twitter used to have the most and I was like, I don't know what's going on in this anymore. So I'm not there very often. Have you any upcoming projects that uh, you want well, to tell I'm everybody about? On, um, I'm working on myself right now and I know how difficult because I've pitched yes. a lot of different shows over the years but i am pitching a show that is um is a sitcom comedy on uh my ballroom dance studio and the cast of characters that have been there for years and years and over the years of my 32 years of owning the studio and so i've encountered a lot of crazy situations over those years and so it's uh um the only non-truth about it is that I've inherited a couple kids from my, my girlfriend who um, passed away. And so that is going, which is not true, but uh, that it will intensify and it will be somewhat uh, kind of a model after my life. And believe it or not, I was writing this with somebody else before I didn't know I was going to be on the show. And it's about me when I was, going off the show, but I didn't even know I was going to be taken off the show. This <laughs> and it's about me dealing with going off the show. I'm back in my dance studio. I'm cleaning the toilets. I'm doing this and that, you know, and I've got this crazy cast of characters and somebody has my job, you know, and <laughs> it all came well, true. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mary, whatever we can do Whatever we can do here to make this uh, sitcom a reality, let me know. Oh, yes, absolutely. We will help out in any way possible. Just as a side note, as mm -hmm. fate would have it, we, and we didn't plan it this way. Mm -mm. You can't make this shit up. Tomorrow oh. night, season 17, the auditions, so you think you can dance. <laughs> you can't make this up. You just can't. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's just... It's, Life, real life is too bizarre. Trust yes. Me. Well, I'll tell you what, Mary. Um, let me get serious for a minute, and Amelia will tell you I'm hardly ever mm -hmm. serious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we would love to extend an invite to you to come back again and join us. Thank Just you. Just to hang out and bullshit oh, yeah. and have a good time. All right. Terrific. Absolutely. On behalf of the hot tomato train, hot damn. <laughs> Mary Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of Amelia, the pit bull Chapman, 
I'm Mad Dog Decipio. We'll see you next time. And what's the buzz? <laughs>